Welcome to Sounds Like Mike, the show that teaches you how to live a healthy, creative lifestyle and how to make your passion your job. I'm your host, Mike, and today on the podcast, we have Shay Patterson. He's done some incredible work for clients like Google, Hasbro, Bell Media, and the United Nations, to name a few. Today, we talked about how Shay built his entire career by connecting with people on social media, why the camera does, in fact, matter, and why being honest, enthusiastic, and self-aware is key to building long-lasting relationships. If, if you talk like you're like a seasoned professional the, and you actually aren't, they'll yeah. like know because they're probably a seasoned professional. Right. Exactly. And that just that just plays off worse in your favor than mm-hmm. just being honest and upfront. Sounds Like Mike is now available on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. So if you want to listen to the audio version of this podcast, go subscribe to any of those platforms. But for now, let's just jump into the conversation with filmmaker Shay Patterson. So, Mr. Shea Patterson, mm-hmm. we'll try and make this quick because we want a spoon after. <laughs> of course. We only have an hour. Of course. Yeah. So you got to squeeze in the <laughs> 10 minutes of spooning. <laughs> so give me a brief intro on who you are and what oh, you do. So just, just introduce yourself and like what, what it is that you do basically. Cool. Um, well, I'm Shea Patterson and I'm, uh, I guess I'm an aspiring uh, director of photography. I, I do shoot stuff every now and then. I do a lot of gaffing. I do a lot of camera operating i do a lot of gripping just kind of a little bit of everything right so, so you live in the you're living in the film world i'm living so in the, the film world. world like yeah primarily commercial uh, corporate and and features and indies and stuff like that so right a little bit of tv and so who are you to me um well i'm also the co-owner of something orange which yeah. is mr manis's uh our production company essentially yeah um which we do do a lot of Primarily, it started out kind of as event coverage, essentially, but the it's been evolving into something a little bit more than that. Hopefully. So, what got you started? What got you started in film? This is actually something that I don't really feel like I know the story full. Yeah, it's kind of interesting talking to you because you know, already know a lot of this stuff. So, but th- that's definitely something I don't think I've. I don't. I I feel like I've probably shared it with you at some point, but a little I, bit. Yeah, a little bit. I I actually started out being. I don't know. I've just always been interested in like behind the scenes stuff. But I've always loved movies when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and I actually started out kind of approaching, weirdly enough, becoming a DJ and doing like, doing, doing like, yeah, making music and stuff right. like that. Um, and then I realized that was a bad idea cause I'm not musical at all <laughs> uh, and everything I made was actually, I made some bouquet stuff, but it was like, it was more, I, I kind of circle back and thinking about it now, it was more just because I really like enjoyed the technical element of it. Um, right. more than anything like I, I spent more time uh, learning how to MIDI map my DJ controller to do weird stuff in the software than I did actually making music so right um, so you're more inter- interested in like the technical aspect of it than the artistic yeah at least from a music perspective yeah um, and then I, I started doing more like I guess lighting and, and sound stuff in like an AV sense um, and that was like in middle school and in high school primarily and then mm-hmm. Kind of like when I got into high school, I kind of started, you know, thinking about what what should I do, and I knew it was either like theater, like live live entertainment, or like film. Right. Um, I did the technical theater program. I did it all, like the, you know, all the art classes, all the film classes, all the video classes, uh, animation, everything like that. Yeah. And just by grade grade twelve, I just kind of settled down. Like I don't like sitting in front of a computer. I like I, I enjoy it when I'm doing something other than editing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't really like being uh, locked down. Um, I like be going out and doing things and exploring. 
Yeah. So kind of with the natural progression of that was like, well, film makes sense because you're out there on set and you're doing stuff right. and you're different every things. day. It's different every day. It's you're, yeah. you're never you're never in your house. You're always out doing something. So yeah. And then right after school, I went to Red Deer College for technical theater and entertainment production for two years. Yeah. Um, which was unrelated to film, but it was like semi-related. Like I learned a lot of rigging stuff and safety stuff and, you know, construction and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in the last, you know, four or five months of school, I got offered a job at a production company in Calgary um, doing essentially like corporate videography. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just spurred me to, you know, be able to move to Calgary to justify right away. Right. And then um, ended up uh, kind of they stopped having as much work as they were normally yeah. having and uh, just kind of transitioned into full freelance. And now it's been almost two and a half. Yeah. Two and a half years. I No, two years, I think. So you went from DJ to um, theater tech. Yeah. And then you jumped into video. Where did you like, where did the video transition happen? Right when you got hired by that one company or did you just do it on your own I, freelance? I, kinda, I guess like, like that's an important part of the story that I kind of missed out on. Is it yeah. in... It would have been in grade nine, I think, um, me and uh, a close friend of mine, uh, not at the time, he actually used to bully me, weirdly enough. <laughs> he treated me terribly. He bullied you into being a videographer? Into being a videographer. And that's why you hate video. That's why I hate video so much. <laughs> that's why I hate myself. That's why I live in a cardboard box. <laughs> um, <laughs> but a uh, long, you know, uh, good friend of mine, uh, Taylor Peters, um, who is, who's now in his own right become a very successful animator. That's what he kind of moved on to. Yeah. Um, we started, uh, we were just a couple, couple of uh, kids and we, we uh, he, his mom or someone, I don't know, hooked us up with this wedding. Yeah. That we had to shoot this wedding for $200 <laughs> for being there for three camera, four cameras and uh editing the whole thing together oh into a highlight reel and a full like just like video event yeah uh video um that was it was terrible i literally i think we literally spent i think we spent uh <laughs> almost half of our earnings uh at at the tim hortons after we finished shooting it like it was insane <laughs> <laughs> uh, we borrowed all the gear from my from my school which they were very chill about and you know, it was, but we we shot that and we're like, oh, we could like, we started out in like weddings and we were like, we, we were hearing murmuring on the internet, like, wow, you could make like $10,000 to shoot a wedding. Right. Which is true, but our weddings were shit. We, they were bad. <laughs> yeah. um, but then we, we kind of progressed with that and we made a production company called, uh, I remember it correctly, it was called Unique Productions, oh, nice. <laughs> which wasn't. Very, very unique. very unique. Yeah, very unique. Sure <laughs> the logo was very before. generic. It was so, it was so bad. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, we started out with that. We kind of like sat on it for grade ten. We didn't really do anything with it. Like we did like a couple videos, just more on a personal level. And then we started doing these, um, the Alberta Skills competitions, uh, yeah. which which are like kind of trades competitions. They held them uh, um, a regional and then a provincial and then a national. And then the national goes to international and we we won three years in a row regional and then went to the provincials and we lost two years and then we won uh or came in second place the last year which was kind of cool and they were just like fun fun things and then that was right. the, the last year we were like kind of didn't know what to do out of school and we we're just like screw it let's yeah. just start a 
a restart production company essentially. Mm-hmm. So we we started Patterson Peters, uh, also a very unique name. <laughs> Just our <laughs> two last names. Yeah. Uh, and it we we focused on that over the summer, and uh, we shot a couple more weddings. We shot some like juicy corporate videos. Yeah. Um, I think our biggest client it was like twelve hundred dollars. Um, and we it was like a three or four minute video with interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, B-roll. It turned out pretty good, actually. I'm still pretty happy with it, considering how incompetent we were. Yeah. And it was for like a yoga company or something like that. And we had an office it, uh, that was we got for free in the back of a skate shop. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. And yeah, I don't know. So the we kind of been doing that, and then I got into into college, and Taylor decided to to move out to Vancouver to pursue animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I continued to just kind of do video stuff on the side, um, primarily with the Red Deer College, or sorry, Red Deer uh, Public School District. Mm-hmm. We did these like little documentaries. Um, and yeah, and then that just kind of like, I think I met uh, Craigery, who's the, the owner of the production company that allowed me to move to Calgary. Right. Um, I think I met him on LinkedIn of all places. And right. he hit me up and was like, hey, let's grab coffee. And he he, he loved my my stuff and mm-hmm. hired, hired me yeah. a couple months later. So, yeah. That segues really nicely into... The next thing I want to talk about, which is how you met me, and you have a knack for building relationships on social media, yeah, like really, really well. And I've always been amazed by the way that you can make connections with people online and then just have long-lasting relationships with them in person. And yeah. it seems like without fail, although I'm sure there's, there's. <laughs> but anyway, my point is that that's how you met me. It's on true. Facebook. Yeah, you met I, me on Facebook because you Facebook stalked me. Anyways, give me, give me I the. Think, I think I. Uh... I don't even I don't even know how I originally I found your Insta. Oh, you know what it is? Here, here, this is it. Um, so Ryan. I was I was like I, this was like a year into college, and I was like I need to start planning to to make to make the move to Calgary and like meeting people in Calgary. Yeah. Um, and just kind of networking in that area because uh, how am I going to get work if I don't know anyone? Yeah. Um, and I I followed the hashtag YYC film. Oh. Um, and I, I started, I just went through and liked every single post in YYC film. Right. And then went through and followed every single person in YYC film. Yeah. So then obviously you, you hashtag YYC film a lot. Yeah. And I, I started I was like the your... only one post. I was not the only one, but I was the only one regularly posting in YYC film at the time. Yeah. 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 No, so your stuff kind of stood out because it was like, it was like the best quality stuff amongst a whole bunch of fucking instagram video like phone videos right. and shit like that yeah so i, I would like start to follow you and then i think i think i eventually added on you on facebook um yeah and then uh december sometime i think there was mm. there was this um but you're missing a part oh what's we this? had a mutual connection oh that's right what's his name uh, brian brian that brian genius. the lion yeah. i love that guy yeah <laughs> he um he kept telling me how He's like, hey, there's this guy who really wants to meet up with you next time you're in Red, you're in Red Deer. Come meet with me and my buddy. <laughs> That's and funny. And it was like, yeah. it was, I was so annoyed by it because I was like, I go to Red Deer like once every now and then to hang out with my girlfriend. And I was like, he, I posted that I was like in Red Deer and he's like, hey, I see you in Red Deer. You can come hang out I with me and my buddy. I remember that. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was at school. I was like, <laughs> and he told me that and I was like, screw off, Brian. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you he kept, idiot. Uh, yeah, he kept trying to connect us and then... Um, and then this is where your your part of the story comes yeah, in. Yeah, and th- and then um I think I had you on Facebook at that point and then yeah. there there was this opportunity that came up for this like low budget filmmaking challenge. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, no budget it, film festival. It was literally called yeah, no budget film festival. Yeah. Um, the idea was that you got a received a script um, from the from the festival, and then you had to just kind of interpret it and direct it um, and shoot it. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I, like I I you posted, posted on Facebook, yeah. and I was like, hey, does anyone want to do this? And I just tagged a bunch of people that I kind of like knew were in Calgary, and yeah, yeah, and then I think. Uh, then there was oh man I can't I kind of start calling out names. There was that one guy who who was in the group <laughs> yeah. chat yeah that we had just like exonated immediately. <laughs> it was like uh, let's make a video with uh, where where cameras or guns or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we're like and we just you started a new group chat. Yeah, immediately like, you didn't even respond. You just started a new group chat. And you're like uh, okay, so we're making a video now. Yeah, this is the with one actual, less person. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was yeah. So then and then we shot this thing and it it. It, it you know it turned out okay you know it wasn't it wasn't yeah. the best it was i i honestly after that i was like fuck i i'm never these people hate me i'm right. never gonna because i did a terrible job job of directing it i was <laughs> i was so scatterbrained and i just yeah it was it was bad um but uh you obviously didn't <laughs> um and then i think you reached out to me a couple a month later or so to shoot um mr mr wrath Wrath Bicycles. Oh yeah, it yeah. was too. And then we worked on we worked on that, and then yeah. and, and then, then we worked we just, on Future Grown Up, and then we're like, why don't we just start a production company? And then we did, and then it kind of like was like, Shh. yeah, like, <laughs> what could we call this? Something or I remember yeah. it was like the conversation was like, what what should we call this? It needs to be like something 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 orange or something like that, and then boom, that was it. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and something orange was born most of your connections have you you've used you've leveraged off of social media basically. oh 100 100 yeah. no i i i've i've gotten a little more chill about it but mm -hmm. like when i first moved to calgary it was it was like coffee meetings coffee meetings coffee meetings coffee right. meetings follow on instagram and like using kind of like meeting people and then you know warming you know warming up to them over instagram when they see your like yeah. your content even if it's shit content like yeah. meme content like i post um they see that you're like doing stuff and they're like, oh, this guy's doing stuff. He must be, uh, I don't know, he must be decent right. if he's doing stuff all the time, like if he's working and then you kind of start to build their interest that way. And yeah. then, and then you just slam the nail in the coffin right. with, uh, with, Hey, do you want to grab coffee? And then. So do you have any specific, like if you can give a step by step, like let's say there's somebody you really want to connect with and this was like five years ago and you're like moving to Calgary, mm -hmm. you know, or four years ago. I don't know. Here, here's, a, here's a good example, actually. I'm, I'm kind of, I try to do this in, I'm trying to do this in Vancouver and Toronto as well. And I've, I've yeah. been pretty successful in Vancouver because it's an easy drive out there. For, yeah. But like Toronto has been a little bit more of a, a harder um, breakthrough. But um, I guess uh, a good example is... Um, transposition films in vancouver mm -hmm. um right like way back when i got hired uh from that production company in calgary um me and Marin, my girlfriend we went to um we went to vancouver for her sister's grad mm -hmm. um and i was like i'm gonna try to you know network with some people meet some people while i'm here right why not um and i'd been following these i found them on instagram and i'd been following the these two guys um based out of Vancouver for, for a little while now. And I was like, they're doing cool stuff. They're like a cool production company. Yeah. It's like small enough that there's like just two of them. So it's, I don't know, it's easier they're to easy approach to that entity yeah. opposed to like a corporation, you know, mm -hmm. or like a larger company. Um, so I think I reached out to to Ryan um, and uh, 
there's there's um ryan and josh and uh, i reached out to ryan over facebook and i was like hey man like i'm in vancouver and i'm like um you know working in the film industry out in calgary and i just want to connect with people out here and mm-hmm. uh you know, and I think part of why he said yes was because yeah, you have to have some sort of credibility um, on your, whether it's your Instagram or your right. Facebook, you know, just something that shows that you work kind of in film. So I right. had, I had, you know, work at Not A Robot Studios on my Facebook and I had some, you know, BTS from productions on there at the time. And yeah, so, so he said, yeah, totally. And mm-hmm. uh, we ended up grabbing coffee in their really sick office down on, um, I on Pender, it's 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 right downtown, yeah. um, and uh, and then I met Josh there as well, and we we kind of like chatted a bunch, and it seemed mm-hmm. to go fairly well. But I was like fairly green at the time, and I could tell that, like obviously they're not going to scramble to hire me or anything like that. Like I was just kind of right, you know, it was it's just cool to talk to them and yeah. talk about the industry in Vancouver and get a sense yeah. for like how how the industry works there versus Calgary, and you know every yeah. coffee meeting ends up you end up learning something. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward to uh, last summer, we, we had actually just gotten back from Vancouver mm-hmm. and it was a series of unfortunate events, but it ended up working out for the yeah. best. But uh, immediately after we got back from Vancouver shooting shooting a documentary out there, right? Uh, I I took, Marin wanted, it was going out to see her sister and she she uh, didn't want to put up the money to, to get a flight. So I was like, mm-hmm. let's drive out. So we started driving out and then uh, about halfway there, my car, the infamous Corolla broke down right. on the Coca-Cola, <laughs> yeah. uh, which was a bit of a, a bit of a clusterfuck. The misadventures um, of Shay Patterson. Yeah, God, in my car. And getting work in Vancouver. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Frequently this happens. Um, and uh, we, I, I actually had a production booked. Yeah. Uh, it was like a indie thing that I was helping out for free with, um, uh, with a friend that was from Calgary and had moved out there. I was just like, I remember we were like, in the, the Canadian Tower parking lot and assessing the situation. I'm like, this is never going to get fixed by tomorrow. Like, yeah. I was like, you know, Marin, I think we should just, we should go. I have this production booked. We might as well just go. Like, right. I, I know that we're most of the way there and then we can just rent a vehicle on the way back. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and then, and we kind of like chatted about it a little bit and I was like hesitant because I was like, well, what if it takes only two days to get it fixed and then we just don't have to tow it back. And yeah. Um, but we decided to just, just, uh, Go ahead, and I, I met, ended up meeting Josh again on that production. So yeah. the same guy I met like a year and a half ago mm-hmm. at that point. Um, worked with him. He really liked working with me. And then just a couple months ago, I worked on a, a two-week commercial production with him yeah. uh, that I gaffed for him. So I don't know. I guess the long and the short of that is like it, it takes. Sometimes it takes time. You don't have to. You don't have to force it. But like, right. Just just having a good positive positive attitude and meeting people yeah through the internet is like can work out really well right so So more specifically what are do you have any personal philosophies on like connecting with people on social media like do you have like uh, like any sort of like do's and don'ts when you're initially connecting with them and they don't know who you are or is there any sort of like do you have like a method or process that you go through in building that relationship so you don't come off as creepy or you don't come off as like needy yeah you know what i mean because i feel like the biggest issue like one thing that i heard a lot when i first started was just message everyone you're going to get a hundred no's and one yes basically but i find that like i mm-hmm. i did like a little bit of that and i quickly realized that it was turning people off 
Yeah. Especially when you're inexperienced and you don't really have anything that valuable for them. Totally. So anyway, yeah, like what are some of your philosophies on yeah. like connecting with people and sort of cold messaging them and, and trying to connect, trying to get that initial coffee meeting yeah. without seeming like you like are mooching off them essentially? Totally, totally. It, my, my mentality about it's changed a lot recently because now right. I have some some clout, you know, like yeah. I have even just a, I, something I've noticed is, is also people look at your friends list and if you have, they have similar friends and they'll be more willing to right. have coffee with you because they're like, it just again adds credibility. But yeah. I think like going back to, to you're starting at zero, starting at zero. Yeah. But you have maybe like a little bit of work on your file. Or yeah, on your profile. yeah. 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 I, I think, um, I think it's really just about like you got to think that you're you're taking their time out of their day and they're probably a lot busier for, than you and just to always assume that they're more important than you. Right. Um that definitely helps. Um fo- follow them and like their stuff but don't like comment on everything, you know, don't mm. don't like I don't know, just don't be creepy about it. Like just <laughs> like like yeah. actively follow them and maybe comment every once in a while, but like you don't have don't don't bombard them because that's mm-hmm. like I, th- I think it, you know you can kind of relate it to almost celebrities in a way like right. it, if if someone you don't know like is big in your in your perception at least is huge in the industry mm-hmm. uh just treat them like a normal person yeah because uh, if you treat them like a celebrity even though they aren't like it's just within the film community that they're maybe a celebrity or they just work a lot or something right. like that yeah uh if you treat them like a normal person that goes a long way yeah. um you need to uh, give it time Again, mm-hmm. I kind of mentioned that earlier. Like, don't if you've if you've added them on social media, that's like step one. And then like wait a couple weeks and follow them and yeah. kind of interact. But like, just take take time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then maybe at like a couple weeks in, or if they like are interacting back with you, mm-hmm. and you can kind of notice that like, oh, they commented on my post, or oh, they like always look at my story, or right. like Facebook, my Instagram story, or like yeah. look at my posts. Yeah. like my posts um then that's maybe like the step to kind of like hey like uh do you want to grab coffee i just especially if you're at like a beginning stage just be like very upfront you yeah. know just be like i'm like fairly new in calgary and like i i have primarily video experience but i'm definitely like newer in the industry right i just like to hear about the industry in calgary and that was kind of how i approached it when i first mm-hmm. started out networking yeah. in, in calgary right um because it, you know if if you talk like you're like a seasoned professional and you actually aren't, they'll yeah. like know because they're probably a seasoned professional. Right. Exactly. And that just that just plays off worse in your favor than mm-hmm. just being honest and upfront. Like right. just being like, hey, like I'm fairly new. I'm really excited and I you know, I'm interested in in talking to you just about the industry. But right. like don't make it an exception, you know, expectation that there should be like work afterwards or anything like that. Like right. you're just meeting them on the basis that they might have knowledge about the industry in Calgary. Yeah. And every little bit of knowledge you can garner is going to help you anyway, even if it doesn't get you work. Yeah. Especially those relationships. Yeah. The relationships are like, I'm very adamant about this personally, is that like the relationships are way more important than the actual work because the relationships will lead to more work yeah. than begging for a job. Totally. Totally. And eventually you just don't have to worry about work. Like work will just fall into your right lap. Like it's because um, that's where the relationship come in. If they like you they're they have like, totally. they have a preferred list, even if it's not a physical list in their mind of people they want to hire. Totally. And if you're at the top of that list, then you're always going to get work. Totally. And yeah. and then they're also going to refer you to other people too. 
Right. And like, like referrals are the best kind of the best, the best jobs, because if you, if you get a referral, that means that, um, someone already likes working with you and, and they're like, this person would be perfect for this project. Yeah. And then in addition to that, you you have the chance to kill it and do an awesome job with a new person yeah. that could become, you could become their new favorite person or even just like their B lister, which right. is fine. Like yeah. if you're just like their second option, but then there's mm-hmm. every once in a while you're going to get a call from them. So it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point too, is it's really about, it is about the relationships. Right. That, that, and if you just don't, if you work about talk, if, if you talk to people and you're fun and you care about what you do, yeah. like the work will just kind of fall in place. So, totally. Which sounds very like, uh, I'm about to sell you something on Instagram or social media. <laughs> yeah. Listen to my last seminar about, sounds uh, like Shay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sell me this pen, <laughs> but it's true. Yeah. Honesty is, is. really like the key. It to is it. key. Key, major key, major key. Alert. Honesty is major key. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, <laughs> Shay Patterson. Honesty yes. is major key. Slash DJ my... Khaled. We collaborate. Yeah. He's, you know, I have a good relationship with DJ Khaled. Because <laughs> you were honest. I'm honest. You're yeah. Like, Listen, he's, he's, DJ he's, Khaled. He sees Shay Patterson. He's like, that guy's, that guy's honest. Right. Because you just that. grabbed coffee with him. You didn't yeah. ask for a job. Totally. Totally. I grabbed coffee with him on his jet ski when he was, little, <laughs> little do you know, when he was trapped on his jet ski out in the in the middle of the the ocean yeah i i was on a jet ski behind him supporting him with coffee with coffee wow that's incredible (laughs) yeah (laughs) it sounds fake but it's real (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like shay classic (laughs) if you could boil it down and put it on a t-shirt as what 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 would the the couple sentences be um honesty and enthusiasm go a million miles yeah they really are going to help you out in any industry, but also specifically in this industry, mm-hmm. you have to really care about not necessarily being like the best at everything, but just like care about doing a good job and also like trying your best, just like working really hard. Yeah. No matter what, like if you're doing like videos, if you're working on set, if you're, you know, doing marketing, like anything, it's just because it's, yeah, people will notice that and it, 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 uh, it gets you places. There we go. There's the t-shirt edition. <laughs> I'll put that on my yeah. t-shirt. Yeah, that's a good t-shirt. That was, that was a little long though, I think. I also want to talk about, because um, this is something that I didn't start learning about until a couple of years into my career here, mm-hmm. is there's alternative or alternative ways of making money as mm-hmm. a filmmaker yes. that aren't just like shooting stuff. Totally. And I feel like a lot of that comes from uh, new filmmakers tend to watch a lot of YouTube videos about like how to make a movie, you know, they're like, how to make your video look cinematic, how yeah. to shoot an interview, how yeah. to light an interview. And they're like, I can light anything. I can shoot anything. Mm-hmm. Why is nobody hiring me? Why am I not, why am I not making a living in this industry? I can't afford to do anything. This is actually kind of on a different note. They're not making the connections. That's why. But yeah. anyway, yeah. <laughs> there's more ways to make money than just filming stuff. Totally. Specifically. Totally. So give yep. me some, give me, give me the juice. Give I me some oh that. man, the juice. <laughs> <Sick>. <laughs> um, well, the juice is um, something that I, I do a lot of and a lot of people do and yeah. a lot of people don't realize that you can do um, is, uh, is sell yourself on the street. No, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. You're going to That's where that I started. Really. Yeah, yeah. And then people like, Hey, do you have a camera? And I was like, actually I do. And they started paying me to film things. Right. 
it's yeah. the best sensation going Rags from to sex riches. work to to making <laughs> films yeah um that's really how you can become a, a filmmaker totally. we all start out as prostitutes totally. you need to you need to know your place first you know right you to, and your, you, your place is on the street yeah <laughs> in a cardboard box um so uh yeah i guess i guess something that a lot of people don't realize is that you can you can rent your kit right. your equipment that you buy there's there's all these memes that pop up on movie set memes and every once in a while it's like joking about how expensive camera equipment is and right stuff like that is and how yeah. how stupid it is to buy all of it you're like oh i'm gonna be poor sad with my right five million gh5s yeah Rip. um <laughs> but you can rent those out you can rent those right. to a production you can rent those to random people which i don't necessarily recommend you can rent those to people that you can tr you trust right people have um, insurance yeah you people have insurance you know yeah. um so that's something like, to, as it's sitting on your shelf, it's just collecting dust. It's not totally, making you any money. Totally. And there's inherent value in having that. And you can also beat out um, local rental companies totally. because you're independent. You have no overhead necessarily. Totally. So you can just rent it at yeah. whatever price you want and undercut everyone yeah. essentially. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's yeah it's beneficial in that regard, and it it also like gives you power in negotiations and situations right it's more yeah. it's, it is it is almost a it's not only a physical tool that you use on set but it's right. a it's a bartering chip and a tool right so, this is why it bugs me when people say the camera doesn't matter yeah drives me crazy yeah it's it's fake camera matters yeah i mean like it it doesn't matter if you're looking at physical specs necessarily yeah and in obviously in some cases it does but um if you're shooting your own movie it doesn't matter you know whatever right you, you know it doesn't you can shoot the same product on on this camera or the this camera, camera or, that or camera, this camera or this camera or the camera that the, the government or the, the, the great google, camera the google in home the sky. you could shoot it on the google home um <laughs> the, this i could shoot it on my laptop yeah, camera or the backup camera on the kia what was right that? Yeah. yeah that was a great that was a great bit yeah. <laughs> um but uh you know the camera camera matters a lot yeah. and and i kind of knew that after a while of like being in right. the industry and then i decided to make an investment in a sony fs7 yeah. and that's when i really realized that the camera matters yeah um honestly objectively the i wouldn't if i had my first choice of camera i wouldn't shoot on the sony fs7 mm -hmm. i wouldn't have bought a sony fs7 yeah. but it's allotted me a lot of opportunities to uh get clients because clients yeah. want that camera it's a mm -hmm. producer's camera it's it's netflix approved it's often used by like a large portion of shows you watch on TV are shot on the Sony FS7. Yeah. Um, and even though Mr. Man is here, he bought in a Sony FS5, which yeah. is like objectively in almost every way better for the price point. Like it's, you're, it's not like, it doesn't line up with a lot of things that are shooting. And so people won't hire me as like a B cam op or whatever, or if they want a single operator, they, yeah. It's tricky. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a good camera and it records. But honestly, with the, with the Shogun, you get far superior quality to the fs7 like yeah. it's it's a better better quality higher you know higher but not higher resolution but like just just higher frame rates you know you get you get, get a lot more options and, more and it's also more modular and you can break it down and it's like barely larger than a a7s so yeah yeah objectively a better camera and i was yeah. like pondering between the two and then i ended up buying a fs7 right and it's it's been it has been beneficial. She has a better camera than me. Okay. I have a better, that's the point no, I don't. That's the it. thing. I, I don't have a better camera than you. You have a far better camera than me in my opinion. But it's easier to leverage. It's easier to leverage because uh, everything shoots on it. Yeah. <laughs> so so producers, uh, I can't count how many times 
I've seen in, in Facebook groups, looking in job Facebook groups and stuff like that, people posting yeah. FS7 user needed or, you know, FS7 yeah. owner operator, like it's insane. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's been nice. And then it also is good to familiarize yourself with the camera uh, or the camera like that because it is so frequently used. And one thing I think you glossed over a little bit is that even though there's the initial investment of the camera, yes. Um, in buying that camera and owning that camera, you're creating value for yourself and you can earn that investment back. Totally. Not like only through jobs, not yeah. only does it get you jobs, but it also allows you to just rent it out too. Yeah. Or like you rent it to the production. Mm -hmm. Like, like uh, so many times I've taken like an okay rate or, you know, a decent rate, but like, yeah. and then they're like, oh wait, you have an FS7? We'll just rent yours. Because mm -hmm. it's already, you have it, it's already set up. Yeah. It's like, it works for you, you know, you've got it. Mm -hmm. Like dealing with rental companies can be kind of like a pain in the ass sometimes. So it's, yeah. so for them, it's like easier. Like, oh, this operator, this owner operator has his own camera, his right. or her own camera that you could just yeah. take and run. And then you're like, oh, and also the rate for that is similar to the rental house, but they'd rather go with you anyway because it's right. just easier for them. Okay, but I, I have a story relating to... Um, camera tings. Camera, no, camera yeah. tings and why the camera matters. Um, when I was... I was working at my very first job in film. Good old kicker. Kicker, yeah. <clears throat> and I was working at I was working at Kicker and I'd finally earned I'd like it's the first time I had like a decent paying job mm -hmm. and I earned enough money where I could buy a camera. And so there was a used A7S, this A7S. Um this boy right here. You can't even see my finger. This boy. That right boy here. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, I had the option between uh, basically it boiled down to A7S or there was a used C100 that was mm -hmm. for sale on Kijiji, and me um, being a student of YouTube and and like teaching yourself how to how to do film, but not really having inter like I lived in the corporate world. You know what I mean? I didn't really have any interactions um, with like set life. So I just looked at the specs and I was like, A7S is clearly the better camera. It's smaller. I can shoot 4K on it. The C100 Mark I couldn't shoot mm -hmm. 4K. Um, it has smaller sensor. It was worse in low light. Uh, the footage was way softer and the codecs were super inefficient. Like everything about the A7S just like was way better from a spec perspective. Yeah. I was like, this thing is going to shoot way better video. It's going to be way more versatile. I can shoot whatever I want on it. And you can take photos. And I can take photos if I want. Yeah. And so I didn't consult anybody on it. I just kind of like, I weighed it for a couple of days and then I went with the A7S. They're both used, mm -hmm. <clears throat> bought it for 1900 bucks or 1800 bucks at the time. And when I told one of the producers at the company that, I was like, oh, I bought the A7S, blah, blah, blah. You know, I can shoot 4K if I want to get an external recorder, all this stuff. And then she was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, like, it's a cool camera. She's like, but I would have hired you more if, I, if you got the C100. And I was, I was so pissed off about it at the time. I was just like, she doesn't even know what she's talking about. A7 is such a better camera. This is a problem with the industry. <laughs> yeah. um, but I didn't know anything. I didn't know how the industry worked. And I didn't understand that the camera that they use, it, it, that works for their workflow. And they're already shooting on Canon cinema cameras. And so buying a C100 would have been a lot would more effective their for me. System. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It fits into more people's workflow. So it would have worked. I would have been able to slide into that world a mm -hmm. lot sooner. Um, and it took me a long time to realize that yeah. I was wrong and she wasn't wrong. She wasn't ignorant of cameras. I mean, yeah. she was a little ignorant of cameras, yeah. but bottom line was she was the producer. She was the one with the money and you know, That's she's the one wanted. hiring me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. like I fucked, I fucked up by buying the A7S. Yeah. And the thing is like people get, especially when there's those systems in place, like there's a workflow 
they're they already have yeah. like LUTs ready to go for that camera. Exactly. And they're like they're used to, they're comfortable with that camera. Yeah. And they honestly like most content, especially a couple of years ago, didn't even need 4K. You know, yeah. like it was HD. They'd rather have HD and something that comes out of camera. The C100, you know, has a great out of camera look. They can just right. straight to edit. They don't have to do color grades. You know, it's like audio is built in. You got your two XLRs. Like yeah. it's just. Yeah, everything about it, like from a workflow perspective, is way better. Better, yeah, way better. Hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. So, no external audio, just like. Oh, I know. Fuck. Just, I regret it so much, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> when I think about it, I'm like, fuck, I should have got the C100. But it was, it was a, a big lesson, you know. And I yeah. feel like it's a lesson that most people don't learn. And I think it's one of the many barriers that keeps people from moving further in their career. Mm-hmm. And it sounds stupid that just the camera would have that sort of power. Um, but when you're dealing on like you are the company and your client is looking at you as the filmmaker, you're never going to get hired by other filmmakers if you're not thinking like a producer. Totally. Yeah. So even though it's just the camera, there's many other things that sort of fit into those slots. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sort of considering the right camera, you know, the camera does matter. It doesn't matter if you want to work in this industry. It doesn't matter yeah. if you want to make like a short film. No, totally. Make short yeah. film or whatever. Shoot whatever. Yeah. But it, it is it is like a bargaining chip and it is like... It, it gets you gigs like if yeah. you want to work full-time like consistently you have to think about that as an option it's like what is what is my bargaining chip with right. this company yeah exactly. and that fs7 has gotten me like like it's not only fit like monetarily paid itself off but it's gotten me so many credits that right. are so valuable like for yeah. like bell media rogers mm-hmm. telus um barbie which you got a nice barbie one too yeah i got um, barbie credit yeah we barbied together yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah just like I think, you know, honestly uh, from the point i got that camera to to now i've accumulated like so much credibility which is worth it in the long run even like right uh, it's more worth it than the cost of any camera could be because right. then people look at my website and it's like oh this guy sh- has shot some shit yeah even if it's like just garbage it doesn't right. matter you still have the the bell logo on your website because you right. shot for bell that's a good question too is do you think that the quality of your work is more valuable than those credits because you can spend those credits in a way that can be more valuable than your work I, I, and i see, also see yeah. a lot of shitty people working on really amazing things so what do you think about that that's the quality of your work how how much does the quality of your work play into how often you get hired i think the quality of work is really important because that is that first step right because if they you got to like think about what the producer is thinking about because they, they need someone. They want to hire someone. Yeah. Um, they, they need a solution to their problem. Mm-hmm. And you need to think, how can I solve as many of their problems as possible? Possible. Right. And that's that's the key to like making to, to making like long term clients and making clients that are happy and that will keep coming back. Yeah. Um, if, if they're in often like I, I find a lot of my work on like Facebook groups and Facebook pages. Um, and it's starting to transition now to be more like people reach out to me, but like all the interesting gigs and all the ones that the gigs that really add to my credibility always come from, from Facebook groups. Right. And so, so I kind of have my website formatted in a way that I think it basically guides them through why I'm the best person for the job. So, yeah. I, and my, the quality of my work plays a large, largely into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like when you're starting out, that's the only thing you have in a yeah, lot of ways. Definitely. Um, you, you don't have the camera, you don't have the credits, you don't have the gear. Yeah. Um, if you if you've shot something and it looks good, mm-hmm. then that'll open that'll, the door. That'll open the door. Yeah. Um, so that's that's first and foremost important. Um, 
and and frankly like a lot of the stuff a lot of the stuff that i shoot for like the the good looking clients like the the tells the bell all that stuff it's okay stuff it's like doc stuff yeah. or like very corporate stuff yeah i i don't show a lot of it on my website frankly yeah. and often i can't because it's for bell or someone you know like i physically yeah. signed an nda that i can't um uh, so that's where those credits come into play, I guess. But also, it's not the kind of work that you want to continue getting necessarily. That's true. That's yeah. true. Um, so I think I think where that flips into is is you need to show, you not only need to, especially when you're working, like it's your bread and butter. You right. need to show on your website that you can do your bread and butter. Right. But you also need to show what you want to do. Right. And what I've found is, is uh, I don't show any of the bread and butter minus the credits. So no corporate videos, no, no, no boring shit. No, because if you show like an impressive, like short film that you shot, Mm -hmm. that's well lit and well shot and you show, you know, some fashion stuff that you shot and you show, um, I don't have a single interview, uh, frame or clip on my website, Yeah, but that, that gets the client's, like, it gets it sh- those clients excited. It gets it gets the client. Yeah, it gets the weirdly enough the yeah. corporate clients excited because they're like, "Holy shit, this guy can!" He's like from the big movies and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it really it really is a, a razzle dazzle kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then so they watch my demo reel, they see my work, and then they go to the about me section, and it's kind of all formatted formatted to go through with them. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then they see oh this guy's shot for blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. credits credit credibility um and then uh and then if they have any other questions they jump down and they see gear and like my full credits list not just the logos they can go through that and yeah look at that so i don't even remember what the original question was but i guess it was how does, how does the quality of your work play into getting i guess work? it's that first door opening right um as time goes on i think the credibility and the credits list almost becomes more important mm-hmm than your quality of your work yeah uh but i feel like you're it's it's more of like your quality of work should still go up and be better right you know what i mean but it, it's still like people will still pick you over someone else over your credits right. it's not the it's not the it's not the last thing you put on your on your website no but it's it's well it's the, still the first thing you put on your website but it's not the it doesn't take up the most it of your website yeah it doesn't the it's real not estate the is taken up by yeah yeah there you go it's 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 something that people look at and like this guy can shoot that looks really good and then the hook is you've got the gear you've got the experience you've got the you know the credit list you've worked for these clients yeah exactly and that's what sells sells right. consistently i guess totally um yeah so if you're starting from ground zero if i if i'm somebody who I really want to be a freelance filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, corporate videographer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to be a corporate videographer or whatever. And I just, um, you know, I filmed some stuff in high school, but it's not that good. What's the first step? I think um, be careful how much you network. Right. Um, network, but like network to people that that uh, are on your level, I guess, or like just right. slightly above your level mm-hmm. um, or just within the realm of what you can do kind of right because you got to be careful with that and i i actually have a really funny story um 
maybe I don't know who's watching this podcast, but they might they might nobody. not know a guy. Nobody's nobody. Watching this, <laughs> this is where the this is where the the we're birds gonna watch the this podcast. Eric Andre it. moment or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like oh yeah, this place is really uh really worse for wear. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm getting really hot. Do you have an AC in here? I, um, but a a gentleman by the name of Nick Thomas. Right. Um, who's a director of photography here in Calgary, Alberta. Yeah. And for the longest time was the only Alexa Mini owner, which right. I don't, again, I don't know the demographic, but Alexa Mini is a very good, expensive camera. Right. Um, and he, uh, he does lots of commercial work for very high, like not even the stuff, not even close to the stuff that I do. I do like corporate commercial work. He does right. commercial, commercial work. Yeah. Um, and now he's moving on to do feature films and stuff like that. But uh, I, uh, in my first couple months of moving to Calgary, I reached out to him once on LinkedIn of all yeah. places. And I said like, Hey man, like, I really like your work. I'd love to grab a coffee sometime. And he saw it and he didn't respond. <laughs> uh, and the, I, yeah. I had no good credible work at the time. I right. was not credible at all. Yeah. I had no credibility, mm -hmm. uh, no one vouching for me, like nothing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then a couple months later it was like a lull and I was like panicking and I was like, Oh God, I got to like network again. I went through LinkedIn, did the same thing, and I accidentally sent him the exact same oh, no. message. Oh, no. I was like, hey, man, like, I really love, like, without even being aware that I had previously sent a message to him. Right. I was like, hey, man, I really love it. It was like almost the same thing, just slightly different. It was yeah. coffee and paste. It was so bad. Oh, no. And also seen. Um, right. Oh, and and, no response. And now I'm, now I'm working with him fairly frequently. Yeah. So, but, uh, but you, that's something you got to avoid because it, it just, it's a bad look. Yeah. Like, and then obviously it wouldn't ruin any your career or anything like that. Right. But it's just like not a good look. So I prayed on Mr. Man is here. Yeah. And I was low level. I was yeah, low tier. I mean, like you were like low, like you <laughs> no, were, it's true, though. It's true. you were like, I was of working, the low tier. You were like higher in the low tier, I'd say. Right. I was working, but I wasn't yeah, working were, on anything special. Yeah. 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 Um, but those are the people that can relate to you um, and are also willing to work with you. You totally. know, people that can see. I think that you have to be able to provide value to somebody and you really have to be honest with yourself Absolutely. on whether or not you can actually provide that kind of value that yeah. you're looking for. And if you look at somebody who's doing incredible commercial work, um, you know, who, and you have never picked up a camera, it's going to be really hard to convince them that you can actually do thing, anything of value for them. Totally. Because they already have people to run their coffee. They already have people to do the menial stuff and they already have people who can operate a camera and have been doing it for like decades. decades. Right. Yeah. So it's really hard to convince those people of your yeah. value. So I, I, I would personally say that it's not necessarily off the table reaching out, but it can burn you very easily. Yeah. And it's more fruitful reaching to people who are closer to your level and can actually use your skills. Totally, totally. Yeah, um, yeah no, that's, that's, I think like a whole part of it too, and in the film industry in general, and just in life, just be very like self-reflective too. Right. Like think about like, okay, am I actually good at this thing? Yeah. Or like, even when you get to a point where you're fairly successful, think mm -hmm. about that all the time. Cause like, wait, like, should I be doing this differently? Or like, am I doing this right? Or is there a better way to do this? Mm -hmm. Cause if you stop like being self-reflective, then you're just going to burn yourself eventually. Like it's right. It's really, it is really important. That's a good point. Totally. Um, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I feel like, um, there's definitely more alternative ways to make money in film. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a long that was a that very was a long, long time ago. Um, but I, I want to we can move okay, on. Okay, sure. Um, actually, let's see. Advice for the part-time creative that wants to go full-time. We sort of already covered that. Yeah. 
That's the I, end of I do that's have, basically the end of my notes. I do give have me more juice. for the give me the, the juice. <laughs> yeah, give me the juice. Here's, here's the juice. <laughs> um, no, that's your juice. That's my oh. Okay. <laughs> um, that's you got two juices. You lucky man. I do. I make sure I'm all <laughs> stocked ju- with juice, juice, so I can. Juice master. I only want to receive juice. juice. Yeah. I don't no, need juice. No exuding juice. Yeah. Exactly. You exuded a little bit of juice earlier, so that's true. There was some tidbits of information every morning i exude juice oh gross <laughs> and sometimes at night Ooh. you know if it's a good day it depends yeah, if i've been eating if like you have a lot of beverages not. and you know, yeah. yeah yeah anyway exude the beverage sorry juice. you were gonna give me some juice i was yes <laughs> <laughs> um so you can rent you can rent equipment that's right. the back to the many eons ago what we were talking about you can rent equipment yeah um and i feel like so a lot of people who are starting out they kind of have the the director complex right which i'm I'm sure you could talk a whole bunch about yeah. Um, where they they all want to be the director. Yeah, you know they all want to be in charge. Totally. Um, and as time goes on, you learn that that sucks sometimes. And also, everyone wants to be the fucking director. Yeah. So, anyway, totally. Yeah. Literally, like so many people. You go to film yeah. school and like, who wants to be a director? Me. And then every and then the second one's like, who wants to be a director of photography? And then it's like Me. six or seven. And they're people. like, who wants to be the editor? Anyway. Wants to be the PA. Yeah. Well, no one wants to be a PA. I'm exactly. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, no, I'm not going to shit on PAs. PAs are <laughs> PAs are so important to the film industry. That's the thing. But life for PAs scare me. Right. People that are like, I am a PA. start PAing and like that's what they want to do for the. I'm like, like you're great and you're doing an amazing job, but you're really crusty too. I don't, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not a fun life. No. I think the point. I'll let you get to your point. Yeah. Um. God, what was my point? Anyway, I, more money. Yeah, money things. So I think something, I, we all want to make our films. We all want to do our passion projects. Right. Um, some, of, some of us might be like, I want to shoot, you know, I want to shoot spec work or I want to, you know, I want to direct something or I want to write something or I want to do something creatively. You, you should do that. You should pursue that. Um, but if you want to, if you want to continue to, if you want to make money, if you want to make money in the film industry. Right. Um, or doing corporate videos or whatever, continue to pursue those passion projects, but also pursue like jobs in the industry. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the real leap between like videographer and like filmmaker. Yeah. Is like um, you you really or like beginning videographer, I guess, and and like filmmaker or like professional videographer. Right. Is 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 you need to also if you find something that you like enjoy, mm-hmm. that's just a crew job. Right. That's like a really good way to like one, like learn how other people run sets. Yeah. Um, two, like learn that job inside and out. Yeah. And then three, make money. And like often a lot of money if you get good at it. Yeah. Um, you gotta strike a balance. And like sometimes it could be tiring at times, and sometimes you need maybe need to think about and step away. But yeah. like to have that as like an option, um, it's better than working at Starbucks. True. Unless you really like making coffee. But um even making coffee at Starbucks is shitty. Right. <laughs> well, it puts you in the industry. Totally. I, I think I totally agree with that. I don't see why there's people who are part-time filmmakers that are doing jobs at Starbucks. Yeah. Same thing. You might because, as well be doing something semi-related to what you exactly. want to do. Because while you're working, even though it's not, even though you're not directing anything, yep. you're learning how other people direct people, whether it's totally. good or bad. You're, you're meeting connections. You're making incredible connections because there's totally. people. There are people on levels that you never would have otherwise connected with because totally. they only live on sets. Totally. Um, it's yeah, a, it's and you're making money while doing wealth it. of knowledge. Yeah. That even if you like learn, I don't know, and very 
sometimes depending on what shows you're on very crusty people which can be annoying but that's a lesson about life anyway right. or like very just don't stay people. too long yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. otherwise you'll be the crusty yeah otherwise you'll be the crusty man um <laughs> no I, I like a lot of the people i really respect in yeah. the film industry in calgary in general you know especially if they're like trying to make it big doing something else yeah they still have you know they still ac on the side or they still do corporate video on the side or they do gaffing which is primarily what i do like that's yeah. my side yeah. side hustle and it's it's good because it is so specifically gaffing to being coming a director of photography is so closely it's related. so related yeah yeah like a just being able to be the one person on set that talks directly to the dp about yeah. lighting right which is half the job of shooting something yeah and you get to learn how they light and it makes totally. you a better dp while you're even not dping at totally the time. totally yeah. um and it's all about a balance but like it is a good way of like and like just building connections and then you know you meet someone and you hit it off and have a good time maybe they'll be like hey i'm like directing this little thing do you want to come shoot it yeah. you know or like come gaff it or you know i don't know it's just mm-hmm. it's a really good way of like expanding your just expanding yourself right so perfect doing set things yeah i think um i think that's some good info yeah I think we can wrap it up. I think it's sure. time to spoon. Yes. Spoon I've been time. hankering for a spoon in this good, whole it's time. A, it's been a while. It's, <laughs> it yeah. has been a while. We're in for a lot of spooning. Oh, man. What was the last time? I think the, it was during Abracadavers. Abracadavers was the last time we spooned. Spooned, yeah. Where <laughs> I violently spooned. Were you violently? Yeah. This is real, by the way. Like This actually happened. Shay was spooning me. I was not spooning him. And I was not. <laughs> I did not consent. <laughs> Non-consensual spooning. Um real tragic he was sleeping <laughs> I believe it was in uh, the bluebird motel the bluebird motel in Innisfail. Yeah. it was raining it was let's tell it was this cold yeah. it was raining it was cold all the, like the toilet didn't match the tub <laughs> you know what i mean and like all the, the suites were different everything all the, all the suites were different they, it, it, it felt like they just found things to put in them over time yeah it was so imagine, <laughs> so imagine <laughs> it's three in the morning you have like this thin blanket that you're sharing with this like bony bearded guy <laughs> then, um you know your you, the lock was clearly broken at one point and patched up in the room you know you can kind of <laughs> it smells like it smells like just mold and and, and dampness yeah and you're tired from a long day of you're, set. Tired you're all like you're all soggy you're yeah. slightly drunk because you went to boston pizza and you got nothing better to do because it's fucking innisfail and you're you're just falling asleep and then a, a bony arm reaches around you and like pulls you <laughs> as hard as it can and then you resist and it, it just it grabs it it makes it want more it's like quicksand <laughs> it's like bony quicksand oh uh, man yeah. anyway I'm, it's I'm preposterous that we were even sharing a bed no it's pretty crazy yeah i mean i like i don't really care because i'm not the one getting violently spooned <laughs> oh um but uh we're in for more possibly soon. Yeah, who knows anyway um it's been good. It's been fun having you on yeah, the podcast. It's been good. Do you have any closing words for um, just sort of, I don't know, what's your creative philosophy? Make stuff that you like really want to make um, and like try to try to separate shooting like your work stuff from your like creative stuff, you know, just have like have fun and like try to make something you really enjoy. And I guess like just having a good, like, creative work, shitty work balance, right? Um, yeah, and I don't know, just be enthusiastic, have fun, 
And be honest. Be honest. Yeah. Cool. So that's not the worst place. It's shitty sometimes, but if you just like have a good time, it changes everyone's moods on set, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. Oh, just spooning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. So regardless of what creative industry you're in, I'm sure that you can apply a lot of these tips to your own career, especially the ones about communication and how to deal with building connections online. I think there's some really valuable stuff in there and Shay is the freaking master of that. If you want to continue the conversation with Shay or myself, hit up Shay on Instagram at stickboyreturns or you can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at film. Micer. Remember, this podcast is available on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So if you want the audio version, go check it out there. If you want the video version, go check it out on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash michaelmanis, or just look up Sounds Like Mike on YouTube. Anyways, thank you again so much for watching. I can't wait till next Monday where you can hear the next episode of Sounds Like Mike. I will see you then. Boom, that was fucking perfect. One take. Mike, that's what they call me. Anyway, <sighs> I think that's cut.